This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well, you know, I've said it many times before. Sports are the greatest reality show invented. And you can script everything but the outcome. And that's why this time of year is so much fun. And in our complex world, there are objective truths and there are personal feelings. And our job tonight and every night is to make sure you do not confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tonight, we are going to take a deep dive into week seven of the NFL as we are now into bye weeks. And there are trends in that area. Plus, I'll explain later on why the sportsbooks had such a bloodbath in week six. After Brian Finley's update, we'll continue with the key teams to watch and an Elite Eight group, or are they elite? And we'll uh, talk about some news and notes around the NFL, including a look ahead on playoff projections. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Randy Moss, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. Well, last week, week six, was the first NFL week with buys during the NFL se- or during the uh, 2021 season. Now, that's significant because as we get into the bye week phenomenon, there are trends, trends having to do with teams that had a bye last week, and now they're coming off a bye, and a, a key trend for one particular team that's heading into a bye week this week. And I'm going to get to that in just a second, but with the number of bye teams going up to six, the Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, Steelers, Chargers, and Jaguars, they'll all have a bye week this week. It's a smaller slate, so there are only 13 NFL games this weekend, and the lighter schedule features three massive double-digit favorites, but there's also four games where the spread is at three and a half points or less. So it's a mixed bag all the way around. I mentioned last week that the bloodbath for the sports books became the talk of the town here in Las Vegas because, look, once or twice a season, almost all the NFL favorites cover, and the betting uh, public bears the bookmakers, the public likes to bet favorites, and Sunday was one of those rare, glorious days for the betters because favorites went 7-0 and against the spread in the 10 a.m. Pacific games, the 1 o'clock games back east, at 8-4 and overall, and the Vegas books got destroyed. Caesars, BetMGM, they each reported multi-million dollar losses. The South Point, Station Casinos, Westgate Superbook, they all had their worst losing day of the season. And one of the things that happens when all the favorites win and cover is that it busts up all the teasers and money line parlays and things of that nature because a lot of folks like to string together three, four, five, sixteen parlays, three, four, five, sixteen money line parlays, teasers. And when the dogs cover, they actually win out right 30% of the time. So that busts up those teasers and money line parlays, which cuts into the public's profits and helps out the books. The opposite happened. And by the way, the backbreaker was uh, it was a great game, if you happen to see it. The biggest swing of the day by far, the book's back. But we look ahead, and there are some really interesting games 
I think the game that's captured the most attention this week in terms of talking points, in terms of two very good teams that uh, feature two very good quarterbacks are the Bengals and Ravens. And I know a lot of people look at the Bengals getting six and a half points saying, wow, it's too many. They're really good. Well, they are really good. But there's some things you might want to know about that game before you fire on it because, frankly, there are a lot of trends and there are there, there's a lot of information that really points directly to the Baltimore Ravens side. For instance, and by the way, give it up to Cincy. They are really good. Although, remember, Joe Mixon's a little banged up tomorrow. They've already, Cincinnati, we're not even out of October. Cincinnati's already equaled their win total from last year, and they look really good. But the last three times they've played the Baltimore Ravens, they've lost by a total of 75 points. Baltimore, in addition to that, is 8-1 in their last nine in divisional games. And... uh here are, the, here are a couple of trends that really do favor Baltimore as well. And, and let's also give the Ravens a lot of credit because their defense is starting to click. They've held their last three opponents to season-low yards. But the Ravens are uh, will enjoy their third straight home game tomorrow. And you see that scheduling oddity every now and then in the NFL where you have a team that will play three straight home games and the Ravens find themselves in that situation tomorrow as they are playing their third straight home game. And teams that play three straight home games historically have gone 73% against the number. So actually, it's on quite of a run too. Um, 11-1 straight up in the last uh, 12 and 10-2 and against this number. So just generically that favors Baltimore. But there's one other thing too. As I mentioned, the bye weeks situation uh baltimore actually heads into a bye week this week and one of the trends having to do with uh teams who head into a bye week is if they have a divisional game and they're home so the ravens are home they have a divisional game against cincinnati and they're heading into a bye week again 73 percent against the number I don't think you want to go against Lamar Jackson here. I, I'm just I can't recommend it. Now I'm sure a lot of folks to grab the points. We'll see. Maybe they'll make me eat my words. I am incredibly impressed. I'm beyond impressed with what Lamar Jackson is doing. Part of the reason is because, and I do not think he gets anywhere near the credit for being an, an exceptional pocket passer. You know, I hear people bandy terms around like elite. Well, he's not elite. Okay, you you know, you really want to pick on the wart on Lincoln's nose? Do you really want to do that? Lamar Jackson is superb. He's sensational. And I remember when he was at Louisville, uh, every time he came up against a big-time opponent, he was at his best. But I want to make one other observation about Lamar Jackson. Um, when he does run, he does it so efficiently because he keeps his eyes downfield. And if you've heard me on the air for the last three or four months, I've, I've emphasized heavily. These are the things that Justin Fields and Trey Lance need to learn. Uh, Mac Jones seems to be ahead of the curve on that right now. But Lamar Jackson and even Kyler Murray, they're outstanding at keeping their eyes downfield. Because let's face it, you don't win every play on offense. Every now, the, every now and again, the defense gets over on you. And the play breaks down and they bust it up. And when that happens, you've got to improvise. No one's better at it than Lamar Jackson. He'll keep his eyes downfield. The play breaks down. The defense has their way on that particular play. And as he looks downfield, if he notices that they're in his own defense, he'll start to move laterally 
signal to his receivers to set adjust their routes, keep a play alive, and make, make something out of nothing. If he notices, if Lamar Jackson notices that the defense is in man-to-man, he can go vertically because they're going to have their backs to him except, of course, for the strong safety who's still going to be 30 yards away. So this is, you know, this is kind of a little bit of the inside baseball on what makes Lamar Jackson so great. His ability to process what's taking place in front of him makes him prolific when he takes off and runs, and he doesn't just do it laterally. He does it vertically. Now, I get it. The Bengal offense is clicking everywhere around Joe Burrow, but the Ravens can also move the ball in more ways than one. And that duel last week between Lamar Jackson and the Chargers was just incredible between him and uh, and, and Justin Herbert. So interesting game tomorrow. Uh, I, I expect Baltimore to win. We'll see if they cover the number. I will tell you just about everything trends toward Baltimore covering that number. But you still got to play the game. The other buy trend that I alluded to a minute ago has to do with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Atlanta Falcons are coming off a buy. And historically, when teams are coming off a bye and then they have to go on the road the next week as a favorite, they're 97 and 33 straight up, 83 and 49 against the spread. That's about 65% in the last 15 years. Atlanta is a two and a half point favorite against that hot dumpster fire known as the Miami Falcons. So you've got those two buy trends sitting right there. And uh, obviously, I would say that's a situation where, you know, you, I think those trends could come through. So do, do with that what you will. Miami's off that terrible Jacksonville loss in London. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I would say that, it, you know, Atlanta's not a great team. It's probably, a, frankly, it's probably a stay away game for me. Uh, interestingly enough, coincidentally, the Falcons went to London and won in week five. The Dolphins went to London and lost in week six. And they don't even get a bye. They come back. Uh, although there's not much of a trend there. NFL teams returning from London who play the next week without the benefit of a bye. Four and four against the number. But Miami just looks like a, like a real mess to me. One of the other games that's getting a lot of attention tomorrow, it's probably the most lopsided game of the day. The New England Patriots, 91% of the tickets are on the Patriots. Again, divisional game. They're laying seven. They are are at home against the New York Jets, the hapless New York Jets. And not for nothing, the Jets are 0-11, their last 11 trips to Foxborough. And they're only 2-9 against the spread in those trips. Uh, The Jets' offense is anemic. not, Not only are they only averaging 13 points a game, they are they've only scored 13 first half points the entire season now remember these two teams played in week two the jets lost to the patriots at home 25 to 9 and uh, the, the the patriots picked off zach wilson four times i gotta tell you i uh, i think it's i think it's going to be a long day for the jets tomorrow i happen to think this patriots team is better than people realize a little later in the show i'm going to talk a little bit about if you know dissect some of the games that they played some of the games they lost a little more fervently and you might have a slightly uh, a different opinion about it when i get done sort of looking at it in a more you know more analytical way obviously one of the other games tomorrow that will be heavily talked about and watched are the rams lions 88 percent of the tickets are on the rams sean mcveigh he's 40 and 0 when he's leading at halftime so the lions better catch him early 
This is a game I will not be involved in. Uh, I don't lay double-digit points. By the way, believe it or not, most pros or most people I know that bet that are good at this don't really waste their time on double-digit line games like this. The Rams are currently laying 16 points. Part of the reason is, first of all, I mean, there's an old saying uh, that the pros say, you don't get rich laying points on the road, you don't get rich laying double-digit lines. Now, if you know, on the, on, on the face of it, it looks like the Rams can name their score. But still in the National Football League, you still got to do it. And what if I told you, believe it or not, double-digit underdogs of 14 or more points since 1980, they're 43 and 28 against the spread. That's 61%. So if you just blindly bet double-digit dogs of more than 14 points, it's since 1980, you'd be at 61%. Uh, so it's one of those situations where, uh, and again, the reason I said games like that don't typically get a lot of action, I'll tell you why. It's simple. If you lay the 16 points and the Rams aren't killing them out of the gate, you start to get impatient. All of a sudden, maybe it's, you know, 20 to 17 at halftime. You say, you know, why did I lay that many points? On the other hand, if you take the points and all of a sudden it's 35 nothing before the seats are warm, you say, why did I bet that stupid Lions team? So, you know, that's a double-digit game. Uh, the Texans at Cardinals. Cardinals are laying 17. Bears at the Bucks. Bear, uh, Bucks laying 13. You've got a lot of double-digit games on on the slate tomorrow and typically those games don't tip you don't you know usually get a, a large handle meaning they don't you know a lot of folks don't don't bet on them uh, necessarily big slate we're going to continue on with the slate and we're also going to i'm going to give you an eight pack of teams you really can't take your eyes off of and that's not necessarily good it's not necessarily bad you'll you'll tell me are they in the running or are they basically also runs and i'll give you some situations about each of those teams that you might find interesting that you might not have thought about discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year it's amazing because this, uh, Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And yes, by the way, we'll be taking you all the way up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, getting you ready for week seven of the NFL slate, among other things. There are about eight teams. Uh, now that we are into the season, you can make some evaluations that have gotten our attention, whether you like them or not. Is that good or bad? Are they in the running? Are they also runs? And a team that's, they're always going to have everybody's attention, of course, is the Patriots. But who are the Patriots? Okay, they're two and four. But if we're being fair, they lost in overtime to Dallas. They hit the goalpost on a field goal 
or they would have beaten the uh, Buccaneers. They would have beaten Tampa Bay, the defending champs. And week one, they fumbled at the end of the Miami game, uh, you know, grabbing victory from the jaws of defeat. I got that backwards, grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory. Or they could be 5-1. and one. Now, they're 2-4, and four, and when you're 2-4, and four, NFL history teaches us You've only got about 23% chance of making the playoffs, but I'm not giving up on the Patriots yet. The question is, are they capable of beating top teams? Their wins are over the Jets and Texans, but they've been close in these other games. They just have to find a way to get over the hump. I'm giving the Patriots a 50% chance of being a wildcard team. Those three games are killers. Fumble, field goal hitting the goalpost, overtime loss to Dallas. Tomorrow they're going to get, they have a really get, a good get right game against the Jets. I think the Jets are in huge trouble tomorrow Belichick that that Jets offense couldn't score in a women's prison with a fistful of 50s so I think that defense and, and Mac Jones they put it together and they thumped the Patriots they thumped the uh, the, the Patriots thumped the Jets just like they did in week two all right let's talk about the Steelers you know after the Steelers beat Buffalo week one I said wow maybe I was wrong about them you know Mike Thomas never had a losing season but the question is what is the Steelers' offensive identity? They've shown flashes of the kind of offensive team they could be. I mean, they've seen they, they've shown that they can find a rhythm. They had more running plays than pass attempts when they beat Denver. But then against the Seahawks, the run game stalled against one of the league's worst rushing defenses. And Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 40 times. So I'm not sure what their identity is. And I think that the first half Steelers are worthy of a of a confidence rating, as it were. But the second half performance poses a lot of questions as their viability of a playoff team. I only give the Steelers about a 40% chance to make the playoffs. Now, how about the Seahawks? It's been automatic for, with, with the Seahawks, you know, since Russell Wilson got there. But he's not there right now. And, you know, they're going to have to put, uh, Geno Smith is going to have to put the team on his back. And one of the other important questions is is whether Daryl Taylor is okay. Now, look, Pete Carroll has said, you know, that his defense can be better, and, and, I, and I hope Daryl Taylor, you know, his movies extremities. And it, I think that when an injury like that happens, it really shakes up a team. Uh, I still get – look, Russell Wilson is going to be back at some point. The question is, will it be too little too late? Right, you've got an unbeaten Cardinals team. The Rams behind them at five to one, and that assumes uh, Russell Wilson returns in Week Ten after the bye. That's what they're hoping for. They've got a mountain to climb. I do not feel very good, quite honestly, about the Seattle Seahawks. The Dallas Cowboys, very, very clearly, they're on the short list to uh, get to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, there is the bye week coming at a good time. I, I would say, coaches, look. Dallas has done what they needed to do in the big moments. You got to love what Dak Prescott is doing, and I would say um, there's Coach McCarthy is a guy who I don't know how much credit he's going to get for this team, but they seem to have assembled a team with a bunch of studs. And when they get these guys back from injury, like Michael Gallup and Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence and Deville Gallimore. I think they're going to be hell on wheels. I, I give them a 90% chance to, to make the playoffs. They won five games in a row, tying their longest streak since 2018. And in the previous 18 years in team history, when the Cowboys have had a winning streak of at least five games, they have made those playoffs. 
And they actually made the Super Bowl two of those times. So the Cowboys are for real. You can expect them in the playoffs. I absolutely think that uh, they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. As long as they stay healthy, and that's a big if, of course. Raiders, you don't know what to make of them. Give them top credit for an extremely emotional victory, us against the world victory last week uh, against uh, Denver. And, I mean, it, did, it helped the Denver turn the ball over uh, four times. The question is, you've got a Philadelphia team coming in tomorrow. The Raiders are a short favorite, three points. I know a lot of the pros like Philadelphia. Only one question about the Raiders. Can they maintain their emotional momentum? Okay, you knew they were going to get a bump upward for at least one week, but you weren't sure. I wasn't 100% sure, you know, if they if that meant they'd win. And, and time will only tell if they can carry that over into uh, this week. Look, Max Crosby's been a, been a tremendous uh, sort of a, a boon this year. They have a legitimate pass rush with him and Ngakwe. Uh, but they, they run into a very good offensive line tomorrow. Uh, I give the Raiders right now a 50-50 chance uh, to make the playoffs. So the Raiders are, again, a team that, that, that you really look at. They're, they're, they're iconic to some, others not so much. Uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, people love them, and this, it's been a great home atmosphere at the new Allegiant Stadium. But the real, the real issue is, you know, can they maintain what they've started, or has that been a fugazi? Because the last two years, the Raiders have been terrible after November 1st. The Arizona Cardinals are phenomenal. Um, they, they went into Cleveland last week when a lot of people thought they'd get beat. They absolutely took care of business. Now they have the hapless Texans tomorrow. But then what's interesting is you have a quick turnaround game. This coming Thursday, they faced Aaron Grod, uh, Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football. That will most likely be the most difficult game on the Cardinals' upcoming schedule because after that, Arizona has the 49ers, Panthers, and Seahawks before they have a bye so they could easily be 8-1, and 9-1 and one, heading into their bye week. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals dominated Cleveland uh, last week that was coming off their so-called game of the year against the Chargers. Look, Kyler Murray's been sensational, and the offense has been, you know, unstoppable. And add, adding J.J. Watt, that defense is, is rejuvenated. And the only thing is if you look at the history of the NFL, you say, well, the Cardinals are – they're 6-0, they're going to be 7-0, right? Well, look out. But in the last 30 years, in the Cardinals are the last remaining undefeated team. So what does that mean? Well, we don't know what it means, and I'll tell you why. Because in the last 30 years, the last remaining undefeated team in the National Football League in any given season, only one has won a Super Bowl since 1990, and that was the 2006 Colts uh, quarterback by Peyton Manning. And interestingly enough, uh, every year, right, in the last 30 years, there's always one team that's the final remaining undefeated team. Well, in that 30 years of the final remaining undefeated team each individual season, only 50% of the time did the team go on to win at least one playoff game. Remember, just last year, the Steelers started 11-0. They didn't win a playoff game, so you don't know. Which brings me to the Cleveland Browns because I, full disclosure, before week one, I thought the Browns would be in the Super Bowl. I thought they had the formula to beat the Chiefs with that one-two punch with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. They got an excellent defense. They had the Chiefs beat week one. They, the Chiefs are just in their head. They just can't close out the Chiefs. Well, since then, they've had no luck, you know, all, all bad luck in my, in my opinion. They're injured right and left. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's hurt. Their two running backs are hurt. They're a mess on defense. 
The question is, can they recalibrate? Can they recalibrate? They pulled out a win Thursday night with Case Keenan. They got to lick their wounds. We'll see what happens. I give the Browns about a 60% chance to make the playoffs, but they got to get healthy, and they have to get it done on the field. It would be a great story to see the Cleveland Browns, one of only three or four teams that have never even been to a Super Bowl. All right, we're going to continue on with the Week 7 slate. Some more matchups, some more trends, some more angles that you're going to want to know as we are only 10 and a half hours away from Week 7 in the NFL. we got a lot to get to. But first, let's go to the man. His goal is to live forever. So far, so good. It's Brian Finley with the latest. I, I wish I could live forever. I know somebody who is, and his name is Ted Williams, and I won't get into that story. <laughs> is his head still frozen, by the way? That, that, that I do not know. We'll have to get a baseball expert in here, but there is a chance that he could be revived. Don't say that that couldn't happen. Love it. What did happen on Saturday, keeping on the lines of baseball, the Braves victorious over the Dodgers 4-2, Game 6, NLCS. So the Dodgers are out. Eddie Rosario, the three-run blast in this game, was the difference maker as he called game, he called series. And afterwards, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts tried to explain how puzzling it was going up against someone like Rosario in this series. I'm sure he's holding the MVP trophy of the of the CS. Uh, we just couldn't figure him out. Uh, he beat us the other way. He beat us to the pool side. Got hits off lefties, off righties. We just didn't have an answer for him. And when you've got that big guy looming behind him, it, it's just kind of tough to, to pitch around him, who's clearly hot. Yeah, we just didn't have an answer for him. When it comes to college football on Saturday, number five, Ohio State had all sorts of answers for Indiana. 54-7 to seven Buckeyes quarterback C.J. Stroud, four touchdown tosses. 13th-ranked Notre Dame stomping on its rival USC, 31-16. to 16. Drake London, the SC wide receiver, making a case for being a very high upcoming NFL draft pick. 15 receptions, 171 yards. And if you look at the breakdown in stats there, when it comes to the wide receivers for the Trojans, no one else had more than three catches in that game. Miami overcoming 18th-ranked NC State 31-30. to Tyler Van Dyke, the Canes' signal caller, passed for 325 yards and four touchdowns. 17th-ranked Texas A&M blowtorching South Carolina 44-14. to The Gamecocks did not score until the fourth quarter. Fourth-ranked Alabama Gets 28 points in the fourth quarter to calm down Tennessee, 52-24. to 10th-ranked Oregon holding off UCLA, 34-31. to Travis Dye, the ball carrier for the Ducks, four touchdowns. Also, there was a late interception that the Ducks caused that preempted or prevented, I should say, a chance for UCLA to tie, force OT, or win the game on a last-minute touchdown. Iowa State... Gets the job done against eighth-ranked Oklahoma State, 24-21. That Cyclones defense stopped the Cowboys on a fourth down late. Ole Miss, the number 12 team in the country, dunking on LSU, 31-17. And then Bernie, as I send it back to you, what is going on with Clemson? The rise, it's certainly falling here. They lose another one, this time to the 23rd-ranked team, Pittsburgh, 27-17. Tiger fans must be outraged as they haven't quite had it in what they've normally had as far as that high level of play. Some some answers that need to be figured out as they send it back to my man from Vegas, Bernie Fratto.
Well, you bring up a good point about Clemson, Brian. Their offense is on the side of a milk carton. They yes. just don't score points like they used to. Uh, there's a rumor that last Thursday the offense scrimmaged the defense, and at 5 o'clock the defense went to dinner, and four <laughs> plays later the offense scored. So that's how bad they are. By the way, I don't know if you saw the game today. DJ Ukulele threw a pick six on a shovel pass. <laughs> you know, that takes a special talent to do that. And then he got benched, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Bernie. Yeah, I turned it off then because and I, I'm so glad I didn't bet that game. Everybody said, well, it's the first time they've been an underdog in an ACC conference game. Well, so much for that. Pitt, who's got a nice-looking club and a good quarterback. They won 27-17. But I digress. All right, I want to dive into the, some other notable games on this NFL slate, uh, one certainly being the the Chiefs at the Titans, the Chiefs road favorites. What else is new? Uh, 68% of the tickets are on the Titans. Here's what's interesting, and I, I'm not involved in this game. I just can't. I'll tell you why. First of all, Kansas City has only covered three of their last 17 games. And so they've won most of those games, but they don't cover the number. And what are you going to get with the Titans tomorrow? I, I like the Titans. I think I love Derrick Henry. I like Mike Vrabel. They showed their ceiling uh, Monday night. Even though they were outplayed by Buffalo, they won the game. Here's what's concerning to me. And, and can, can can Tennessee come back and play another incredibly emotional uh, game like that tomorrow? I don't know. I, I don't know if you can tee it up twice in a row, but here's what's concerning to me also. And not for nothing. This is a replay of the 2019 AFC Championship game in, when the, uh, in, in which the Chiefs won. So I'm sure the Titans would like to pay him back. But the Chiefs that defense, you all know it by now. There's no secret. I've been saying it since week two. They're 27th against the run. They're the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. And here's why. They're allowing 7.1 yards per play and 32 points per game. 7.1 yards per play. Let's give that some perspective. You all remember the St. Louis Rams in 2000, the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner. That team averaged 7 yards per play. No team has done that in the NFL before or since. So essentially, the Kansas City Chiefs are turning every one of their opponents into the greatest show on turf. On the other hand, I really don't want to get in the way of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, If they can clean up their turnovers and just improve marginally on defense, all they got to do is get out in front of the uh, Tennessee Titans. And if they get out in front by two scores, Tennessee's not great playing from behind. So I want nothing to do with that game. Uh, one other game I don't want anything to do with, the Panthers laying points on the road at the hapless New York Giants. I Get this. I said the Panthers' defense would be good. It was, but not the last three weeks. The last three weeks, the Panthers have allowed 91 points. But the Giants are 8-22 and against the spread in their last 30 home games. And how do you, how do you, bet, how do you bet that game? I don't. There are simply better games on the board. Now, Green Bay, they're laying a big number here, all right? Uh, they're laying nine and a half. Eighty percent of the tickets are on the Packers. They're laying nine and a half. They are hosting the Washington football team. And the football team hung around with the Chiefs early thanks to a couple of fluky takeaways, but the Chiefs still pulled away in the second half, turned it into a laugher. Meanwhile, the Packers have been rolling since their meltdown game in week one, and there's nothing to suggest that Washington's underachieving defense is going to slow down Aaron Rodgers, and I think 
it's it's now looking like well Taylor Heineke was a really nice story, but it's now looking like he's in way over his head. Won't do nearly enough if they fall behind. Isn't it funny how things you think they're going to be a certain way? We all thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick would would be an upgrade at quarterback. He'd go on. He's a veteran. He's won a lot of games in the National Football League. And that Washington defense under Ron Rivera would save the day. The opposite. I mean, their defense is stunk. And poor, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who's been in the league, I think, since Nixon was president, he's hurt. So Green Bay is rolling. And, And Washington has allowed... 29 points at minimum in their last five games. Five games in a row. Uh, the line's expensive, so you don't want to chase it. The look ahead was seven and a half. It's now it could get up to ten tomorrow. Uh, and the, you know the Packers are are coming off double digit wins. But it, by the way, look out for Green Bay. Okay, they're very they're very sneakily moving their way up the ranks since week two. Green Bay's had the number two overall offense in the National Football League and the number 10 defense. And so you give Aaron Rodgers a competitive defense, and you cannot count out uh, the Packers. One of the games I do know that the pros are on tomorrow, the Colts visit the 49ers. And interestingly enough, the 72% of the tickets are on the Colts. The uh, 49ers are uh, laying three and a half, or check that. Uh, the, 40, the Colts are laying three and a half. Here, here's the thing. The 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, are 5-0 and when they're coming off three straight losses. They've never lost four in a row. Jimmy G will be under center tomorrow. And I think you're going to start to see the 49ers progress back to the mean. They're better than they showed. They've been injured. Uh, they still are the only NFL team with a losing record, but they've actually outgained all of their opponents this season. So the Colts are looking much better offensively. Uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, has started to you know play off of Jonathan Taylor, and they've got a, a running game that appears to be uh, revived. But uh, the, the the Niners are coming off a bye. I feel like they're going to regroup. I'm not going to be on this game tomorrow, but I know the pros have have fired uh, on the on the 49ers. Bears at Buccaneers. Now this is an interesting game. If if you're going to lay the double digits in one of the three games, this might be the most likely one. Uh, even though I don't recommend it, 80% of the tickets are on the Buccaneers. The Bucks secondary is is compromised. I get that, but I'm not so sure that Chicago in that passing game uh, can take advantage of the Bucks banged-up secondary. Here's the thing to note. You can bet that Tom Brady remembers last year that one of the worst losses that the Bucks suffered came at the hands of the Bears. And that was a very much a mistake-filled game. That uh, that the uh, that that the Buccaneers lost, and I really believe that he has Brady and company has a chance to run one up on the Bears tomorrow between Fournette and and his you know his weapons. Justin Fields is not going to get a hell of a lot of help from his running game, and his passing just isn't effective enough to take care of the take advantage of the uh, of the Bucks and their you know vulnerable secondary. So that game could be a runaway. Again, I, I don't want anything to do with that game, just as I don't want anything to do with the Texans and Cardinals. 82% of the Cardinals, or tickets are on the Cardinals, are laying 17, and I get it. That game could be 40 to nothing. I, I, I But why why bother with it? And I mentioned earlier that if you blindly bet road dogs of 14 or more since 1980, you're 43 and 28. Uh, but 
you know, Arizona's kind of one of these nouveau riche great teams. Actually, they've been a home favorite many times in the last few years, but they're 0-5 as a home favorite when they're laying more than eight points. Now, I understand J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins want to settle the score with their old team. Uh, and, you know, it could be a blowout, and Davis Mills could have a have a rough day. Uh, but, I, you know, he, J.J. Watt could wreak havoc on him. But how can you really back Houston? I mean, you, you just you don't know what you just don't know what you're getting. Tomorrow's an interesting card. Uh, by the way, the Saints again. Pros are on the Saints. Uh, Saints are 14 and four against the spread in their last 18 road games. They come across country, uh, following thereby. Uh, they're going on the you know on the road as road favorites. And I mentioned that trend earlier involving the Falcons teams who come off a bye. They go on the road as a favorite. Uh, 76 percent against the uh, spread you got to expect Alvin Kamara will attack Seattle's defense their their defense is very run porous as long as Jameis Winston can protect the ball in a hostile environment I think he will I think I would expect Sean Payton and the Saints to prevail but again not a game I'm involved in the only two games that I fired on and they happen to be both favorites and I, you know, I recommend every, everybody exercise caution because there are no guarantees. But I just can't imagine the Patriots not handling the Jets by more than seven points. And I'm going to cast my faith again on the Ravens. There are a lot of trends that really favor the Ravens. It's their third straight home game. There's a big trend that favors that. They are, of course, uh, heading into a bye week. Uh, or, and, and, you know, teams that head into a bye week that have a divisional game have a divisional game at home. They're playing the Bengals. Um, it's a 75% trend that favors that home team that's playing a divisional game before they head into a bye. Uh, the Ravens' defense is really starting to take shape. And I would tell you this, uh, and they've allowed uh, their last three opponents season-low yardage. So Baltimore starting to get it done on both sides of the ball. It's a tough place to go play. And even though the Bengals' offense is clicking, and I take I tip my cap to Cincinnati, and they've already managed to equal last season's win total, and we're only in October, the last three times they've played Baltimore, they've lost by a total of 75 points. Not only that, this is Cincinnati's first divisional game. Baltimore eight and one in their last nine against their own division, and Lamar Jackson is playing very much like an MVP. Coming up, talk a little bit of NBA, talk a little bit more about, of course, tomorrow's NFL. And I want to share a a Matt Stafford Detroit Lions 10-year anniversary of something, an accomplishment I bet you never knew that they did. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted in 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, and Bo Benson. Turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Appreciate their help. They'll be with me all the way till 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. 
Eastern. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the Matt Stafford story an hour from now. Here's a tease. Did you know the Detroit Lions once won 13 games in a row, but they didn't win a playoff game? I'm going to tell you that story an hour from now because I want to get to some other things. Just real quickly, uh, the World Series odds, Houston minus 160, Atlanta plus 130. Uh, Interestingly enough, only eight Astros remain from the team in 2017 that cheated and won the World Series and beat the Dodgers. Should be an exciting World Series. NBA is off and running. Lakers rolling too, but hey, they're still getting 20% of the tickets in Las Vegas to win the championship. Suns got 12%. Nuggets got 10%. Those are the three biggest liabilities. But there's more tickets on the Nets than anybody else. They're plus 240. They haven't looked great out of the gate either. If you want to take a flyer on the Warriors, they're 9-1. to The Bucks are 9-1. to The Suns are 15-1. to Here's something you can put in your pipe and smoke. Believe it or not. Now, if you don't think things are wacky, if the NFL season ended today in the AFC, the Bengals would be a wild card team and the AFC's fifth playoff seed. The Broncos would be the third and final wild card, while the Chiefs, Browns, and Steelers currently wouldn't qualify for the postseason field. Think about that for half a second. How about Patrick Mahomes? Eight interceptions in the past five games. He's never had more than 12 in one season. By the way, the Patriots own four at home at Gillette Stadium. Until now, they've never dropped their first four games. Actually, they did it back in 1993 when rookie was Drew Bledsoe. And one quick thing, if you, in case the Lakers, in case you missed it, the Lakers were outscored by 21 points in the 14 minutes that both Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony were on the uh, share of the floor opening night against the uh, Golden State Warriors. One other crazy thing. Think college football is crazy today? You had a team that went nine, a game that went nine overtimes, Penn State and Illinois. The total was 46, nine overtimes, and the game still stayed under the total. This isn't easy, folks. We're going to go over a lot of stuff, including the full NFL slate and much, much more. Keep it locked right here. I'm Bernie Fratto. Up next, Fox Sports Radio on Fox Sports Sunday. Keep it locked right here at Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Vegas! 